0: Hey, everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 50. And because it's such a special episode, we have classic Olympia champion Chris Bumstead on It's Just Bodybuilding. Dusty, yes. Good to see you, my brother. YouTube, 50, 50, Five, 50th zero. episode, 50th episode. I'm wearing my Dino's gym shirt to celebrate that they're training in the UK now.
1: Nice. I have one of those. I don't have the hat you're wearing though, but I have yeah,
0: that's funny. <laughs> they're in the mail.
1: <laughs> this will never end until I have one. Just a bunch so, you of know, stock every got, episode,
0: <laughs> a bunch of new West coast stuff got stuffed in a bag for you last week. So don't worry. I, my friend. I feel good about that. I felt I guilty do. after the last episode. Well, you saw the tears. Yeah, it really really made me feel bad. I was like, oh my god, what terrible yeah,
1: He's person. he is hurt. I bet you Bumstead has one. Fuck.
0: Yeah, well <laughs>
1: Bumstead, Bumstead does have one. <laughs> see, you see how this works? This guy comes in late and just steals the fucking it's the, it's the
0: mustache, isn't it? Yeah. it's a fucking mustache. He's right there in front of me and he just he's impossible to say no to. Exactly. When he has a porn so, stash. So yeah. Yeah. So remember everybody, like, share, subscribe, and comment. On our shit help us out with the algorithms and because you know that some of the stuff we say is gonna be hard on us in the algorithms so we need all the help we can get so we're we to bring Bumstead on yeah we better do it before he changes his mind let's roll him in while he's still trapped this is where we turn it over to Scott McNally see <phone rings> bum how's it going Welcome to the show. You're on with Dusty Hanshaw and myself. It's just bodybuilding. Episode 50. So thank you for uh, being a special guest on a special show.
2: No, I appreciate it. Episode 50 sounds like a big deal. You guys have been going for like a year now, I guess. So appreciate yeah. you guys having me on. I said We're almost there and people
1: are still watching, so we figured, fuck it, let's go for this.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> not, not a so bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> some reason, the numbers are still going up, so we haven't quite figured out why. But we're just kind of continuing to do it every week.
2: Just tricking people into it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So first off, it was great to see you. You were just out Mm -hmm. here training at West Coast Iron for a while. And um, great to see you. And I I, I got a chance to train with you. And uh, man, was everyone at the gym jealous. (laughs) (laughs) All all the young guys, everyone coming up. Oh, man, you got to train with Chris. Oh, like you might have given me more cred than anyone I've ever trained with.
2: That's, and that's, that's a, a lot of people <laughs> that's pretty surprising to be honest but definitely grateful for that i have a thing when i'd like to travel and i went up to calvin too i was like who like probably trains the hardest in this gym and he's like oh ron i filmed him he like makes people throw up on legs he trains harder than most people i was like and whenever i travel like whether it's like nick walker in jersey or like some of the big guys i'm like yeah that's who i want to train with so right. i was pumped to train with you too and it would be a workout.
0: yeah no he went hard man i i um I had to make a post after and I, I said, I don't know if you saw Dusty, I said, you know, I know he's pretty, but he trains like an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> and I knew that Dusty, of all people, could have us
2: proud. <laughs> Following like, in Dusty's footsteps.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so tell everybody, um, let's start with the fact that, you know, you're the best in the world at what you do and uh, you were locked out of your gym for a few months. I mean, what was that like for a guy in your position?
2: I mean, we were super lucky and I'm very grateful we had a friend with like a basement gym, which limited stuff, but like well more than we needed. There was like a Smith machine. We bought extra weights to put on it because he didn't have much. There was one dumbbell that was 125 pounds. We had two that were 100 and then it was like 80 and below kind of. So we had a lot of stuff to work with. And we just kind of stuck with the basics. It was definitely a little unmotivating being down there. And with the Olympia getting pushed back, that kind of like stunted my motivation a bit more, being stuck inside, not going out. So it was difficult for sure. But I was training with my brother-in-law, Ian Valliere, who was still locked in, prepping, believing he was going to compete in 12 weeks or so at Tampa. So he was gunning full strength. And when he's training his ass off, it's not hard to train your ass off beside him. So definitely was extremely lucky to have to be in that position that i was in
0: yeah um i know dusty and i also had you know access to gyms we had the full full deal we we weren't held back at all and and i know we both kind of felt a little guilty for uh, you know everyone else who just didn't have the access to a full gym and and i imagine i don't know if you had a little bit of survivor's guilt too for just having a gym at all
2: i mean a little bit but also like if you have it you're gonna use it you know you can't oh, yeah. like I'm not gonna go to the gym because I feel guilty for other people
0: yeah yeah no no but you just it's the the empathy towards the other bodybuilders we could see them uh sl- yeah. slowly taking up other weird hobbies to try to replace <laughs> their uh you know lots of lots of collecting going on and mm-hmm. lots of all sorts of weird shit did, did you did you do anything different when when everything shut down like did you get into anything did you game your ass off or like what did you do
2: I did game my ass off for the first little bit. Yeah, my I never liked Call of Duty, but this Warzone thing started to blow up, and I'm horrendous at video games. But my friends were like pushing it all day long. No one could leave their house, so me and like three of my best friends from high school, we were all online together every day, gaming through the odd hours of the night. So that's kind of that was my like escape at nighttime to get get through it.
0: Now, do you have a do you have a screen name where people know it's you?
2: It's the same with my Instagram. Yeah.
0: OK, so do you have people like do you go to play them in like in games and they're like, holy fuck.
2: I've had it happen like a few times, but honestly, every time I'm in like a private party with my friends. Right. So right. I can't I can't hear anybody else. But I have a couple hundred unseen friend requests of people like, are you Mr. Olympia? And like sending me friend requests trying to like, get in the game. Then <laughs> it's pretty I, funny.
0: I remember Phil Heath was telling me that he was I think it was Madden Football. Mm-hmm. And he was using like his old muscle tech name. From when he yeah. was at Muscle Tech, but everyone knew it was him. So he would just get, every time he was playing, he'd just get all these requests because he'd play open, like, you know, everyone could see him. Mm-hmm. And he said he had a lot of fun with it.
2: Yeah, so, that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Imagine being a little kid and just like opening up Madden to play a game and like a bodybuilding fan and you're playing against Mr. Olympia Phil Heath. Like, that'd be pretty fucking
0: cool. Trash talking him.
2: Yeah, just What's chirping him. His ass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably gets yeah. trash talked a lot on there. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what about you? How, how do
0: you uh, how do you deal with with trash talk? I mean, you're you're the you're the champ. You 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 must uh, you know, th- that comes with a lot. You know, it's not all good, is it?
2: Not all of it. No, but I don't know. It's hard to say. I've had a. am like, we're not sure if it's lucky. how with raised. just coming into this? I have a very good mindset to it. Part of it is I don't really take either side of the spectrum Like if random people are pumping me up and like telling me I'm so good, I'm going to win the Olympia or I should have won or whatever, they're saying positive. I don't really take that into account that much either. So then when something negative comes in, I don't really take that into account too much either. If like my sister says I'm being a piece of shit or Ian tells me my fucking glutes look fat, then I'll probably be like, fuck, I look like shit. But people online, I just kind of take everything very lightly and I don't read into it much at all. I've been lucky to like just the way I was raised, I guess, and the morals and values and the people who I keep around close and that I do trust in their opinions, it allows me to not put too much emphasis on random strangers on the internet.
0: Yeah, the fact you said you're playing games with your, your best friends, so you're still, still your same best friends from high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that sort of stuff. So do um, you have, like, just looking back a couple years, like I remember when you were a junior, Mm-hmm. Like you were a junior at nationals. I remember seeing you on stage and being like, "I mean, that junior class that you did in 2015 was just ridiculous." That was insane. Yeah, the greatest, greatest junior class of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was you and Regan and Cody Drobot, the top three.
2: Yeah, one, two, and
0: three. <laughs> and you were all completely shredded and looked amazing. And and I remember watching that class and going, "Jesus, they could give fucking pro cards for the juniors." <laughs> and 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 it was. Like no surprise at like two what two years later? One year later, you get your I pro think card 2016?
2: I got I got my card in 2016, yeah. Yeah. So, so fifth, one year was, later. what year did you get yours? 15. When you were at Nationals? Yeah. 15. I was a junior in 15, then the next yeah. year I got my pro card. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> but I, I uh just you know, I remember seeing you you, you go up like that. Is, is there something Dusty and I can probably both agree on this? Um but We come from a different generation. So for you, was there a little bit of extra satisfaction that you got your pro card as an open men's bodybuilder at the North Americans?
2: At the time, like there wasn't a lot, but over the years, now that I compete at a classic, I definitely like telling people like, yeah, I got my card in open bodybuilding. It does feel like a subtle flex on some of the guys who maybe got an even men's physique moved up to classic or got in classic. But yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and and how how do you feel like? Do you ever do you ever wrestle with the whole concept of not getting heavier? You know, be, being two thirty again. Does it frustrate you about you know? Does it make you wonder if you can improve?
2: Honestly, not that much because I've improved very slightly over the years, and like everything I do hasn't changed a lot. I'm just allowed to like. I still have to push myself harder and harder training otherwise, but everything else I put into it, I don't push that much harder, and. I've always been slightly under the weight cap where I know next year I can come in leaner and put on three or four pounds. And like at this point, putting on three or four pounds exactly where I want it want to, is pretty fucking hard. So it's a little frustrating, but I also, because of some health issues I have, I normally end up taking like months off training and losing a bunch of weight. And then I'm kind of like yo-yoing throughout the year where I lose a bit and then I have to gain it all back. So for me, it kind of works out perfectly and I have no, want to be any bigger like I like the way my physique looks I would like my back and arms to come up a little bit but other than that I don't like have the drive to be any bigger of a bodybuilder
1: that's a bonus you get to train your ass off and you don't have to eat all the food like exactly. to, to grow I mean that's <laughs> the, everyone knows that's the worst part it's like mm-hmm. the training is fun but when you gotta when you're looking at a plate full of food that you do not want to eat and you have to that sucks
2: yeah <laughs> that's, that's the thing people are like hasn't it hard not to grow I'm like I maybe in my off-season have one meal, two meals a day maybe on like the high days where I'm like, fuck, I don't want to eat this. Whereas you're an open bodybuilder, that's every meal for eight months of the year, pretty much. Like I I see my brother-in-law, I see you guys, everyone you're doing, you're stuffing the food down. And I just get to work my ass off, which I love to do, and eat a lot of food, not too much food, you know? So it's a balance.
0: When you look at Ian's physique, like when you guys are training together, do you ever like... Do you ever kind of visualize in your head, okay, what would I look like if I was doing what he was doing?
2: I've, I've tried to a few times, wonder what I would look look like, because whenever you see kind of taller, bigger guys put on that kind of size, you never really know which way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely crossed my mind. not something I want to do, but I, I wish there was like a computer program that could just like analyze what I would look like at like 280 pounds or something.
0: Well, that'd be 200. Like you'd be more than that because isn't Ian, what's Ian, 300 off season?
2: He's like high two nineties, yeah.
0: And he's what Pretty five lean five, 10?
2: five nine, I believe. Yeah. nine.
0: So yeah. you're six. You're six one, right? Yeah. So you'd be like three twenty.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and lean. <laughs> like, I mean, dude, that would just be because you're 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 like a really big two hundred fifty five pound guy. Mm-hmm. And I know most people think two hundred fifty five pounds is a big guy, but in the bodybuilding world. A dime a dozen guys are 250, yeah, right? Everyone's, everyone's
2: 250. Up to
0: 250. Everyone's 250, at least at some point. So, but with your frame and your taper and the fact that you're lean, you know, when you're in the gym training, like I remember uh, there was a whole bunch of people at the gym were like, What does he weigh? 280? And I'm like, No way. He's like, he's like 250, 255 right now. And they're like, No way. Like people just couldn't believe how light you were. Mm-hmm. compared to the visual that they see because of the frame and you know you're you're big dude
2: yeah for sure people ask me that all the time They think i'm so heavy just because like i wear big shirts too and just i have like wide clavicles and like bigger shoulders and yeah. every year the max i've ever gotten was 265 and it was kind of a sloppy 265 and now every off season i get to high 250 260 but i try and be like a little bit leaner every year so mm-hmm. i don't really look like i'm growing but like Last two years ago, when I was 260, I was fat. This year, I'll be 260 with abs. So it's like I don't want to push that weight anymore, but I'm trying to do it with better condition.
0: When when you left the okay, the first Olympia you did, you got second to Breon, mm-hmm. and when it was very close, I remember everyone was like, "Oh my God, what a show!" When you left that night, what was on your mind?
2: <sighs> that that was. That was probably the show that changed everything for me i was still in like university at that point and that caused me to drop out of school i was like "Fuck it i'm taking everything to this it literally took me coming second at that olympia for me to believe that this is what i was meant to do and i can be the best of the world at this and i just had to drop everything and start working for it so it was probably that was like the biggest turning moment in my bodybuilding career where i just like, a lot of people, like, they want to turn pro in that, and that. I was just, like, going one step at a time. I was like, okay, I can turn pro. Okay, cool, I could probably do a good show. now that Classic's open. Like, holy shit, I want a Classic show. I could go to the Olympia. And then when I came second, I was blown out of the water. I was like, holy fuck, wasn't expecting it at all, really. And that was just like, okay, this is where I'm meant to be. Drop everything. You got to become Mr. Olympia.
0: Right. Awesome. So then take us, fast forward us mm-hmm. a year to getting second again, but being far from your best.
2: Yeah, how did that, you feel that year? That was an interesting year. And this is like a kind of a cool thing where like every year I've been happy with how it's looked, even no, I didn't progress in that year, because that was the hardest prep I've ever had to been through. Probably the hardest thing I've ever had to been through. I was hospitalized at four weeks out for about a week. And I was in there eating a couple egg salad sandwiches and just kind of stuck in there because I had like an autoimmune disease that was causing me to retain a lot of water and they had no idea what was going on. And that whole prep, they had me taking, wow, I can't even, I'm blanking right now, the really strong diuretic, loop diuretic.
0: Like Lasix?
2: Lasix, Lasix. yeah. I was taking Lasix for the last four weeks or so and was just drained of energy. Had nothing in me. I looked like I lost all my muscle because there's no water in me. I just looked flat and like soft and just had to keep dieting and keep training and pushing through. And I was waiting on the diagnosis from the biopsy that I had done to come back, which came back the day before I left for Vegas. I had to go into my doctor's the day before I was flying out. And then I was like, had to realize depending on what he said, I might have to cancel my flight and not show up. And the whole time I just had to like keep my head down and like pushing through and training it. I went in, he's like, yeah, so you have an autoimmune disease. It's manageable. We're just going to have to like keep testing you throughout. We can put you on meds right now to bring it down, but we don't want to get you up to this high point, et cetera, et cetera. But you can one more week of this bullshit. Don't kill, don't do anything stupid at the Olympia, but One more week of this isn't going to change anything. So if you want to take that risk and go to the Olympia, go for it. And I was like, fuck it. I've made it this far. Obviously, I'm going. So I was going to that. And I was terrified because I felt like I looked like shit personally. Obviously, when I've been someone who can come in pretty lean and dry on my shows, and I wasn't this year because my body just wasn't responding. So I didn't really practice posing at all because I didn't like looking at myself. I didn't even have the energy to. It was just like forcing myself into the gym every day. And I remember going on stage for prejudging and, like, shaking, like never before, just shaking out there because I was so nervous. I was like, I look like shit. Everyone knew I almost won last year. I'm young. I should be way better this year. I look worse. Blah, blah, blah. And then I went out there. I remember trying to, like, flex my glutes in a back shot, and they're just shaking because I can't squeeze it. And then I calmed down a little bit, as you do when you're on stage, and I go back and... I always call Ian right after I get off and he's like man like you actually look fucking good like just fucking hold your confidence you look way better than I thought like I think you can still like hold your own up there and that kind of like built this confidence on me went back out there they did mandatories they kept me and Brian again out one and two up there and that was just like hit me with confidence everything changed I felt better posing was better and I got off stage and just lost it started crying my family snuck past security and like that prejudging moment right there was just like everything was just done and i was just so happy that i had made it that far i hadn't completely shit the bed i didn't think i was gonna win but i just felt so like proud that i had made it that far and not completely shit the bed so just so much emotions kind of rushed out and after that i didn't even care what happened but it was a scary prep but the reward at the end was like so amazing it was Uh, grateful I remember coming back from that show and everything just being so happy and proud just like getting my health back and just like feeling good about it and ready to do it again next year so so
0: what what did you have to so what do you have to do like what are the main things you have to do to make sure that that autoimmune disorder doesn't kick up again
2: a lot of it's kind of stress and luck essentially like it can just happen so like managing stress not pushing anything like too hard Like if I'm like, they want my diet's usually a little bit longer and I try and stay lean in the off season. So I'm not like, like a fat 270 and pulling down to 230 really quick or anything. It tries to be very gradual, stay lean throughout the off season. But a lot of it is managing stress, making sure my blood pressure never like gets too high because it's a kidney thing that affects me. I go in and I get blood work done every four months throughout the year. And I was getting it done every three weeks during prep last year, just monitoring it. If anything starts to go off, we, the doctor will adjust it then what we need to do. So a lot of it's kind of moderating, managing you, stress and hoping. Do the you know, best.
0: do you know what factors they're looking at on your blood work? Um, like looking at your 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 GFR, or are they looking at your creatinine levels? Like what are looking like? at?
2: Really everything with kidneys. So creatinine yeah. GFR. They'll do I'll do a 24 hour urine collection, so I like pee in a jug for 24 hours. Everything goes in there, and they analyze how much of it there is, the content of it. If there's any blood in my urine, like protein amount, all that stuff.
0: Wow. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's right up Dusty's alley.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do, I like the idea, the thing that I'd like, though, is is a push, is, as you know, in bodybuilding, the the big issue we have is no one wants to, I always say bodybuilders don't do blood work because they don't want to know.
2: A hundred percent.
1: Because they already know, and it's like, for some reason, they think that ignorance is bliss, so I think that that's why it's important, someone who has an autoimmune disease that they're dealing with, if you know the answers to the test... By having blood work, you can keep rolling, mm-hmm. you know, versus these guys who screw up their kidneys to the point that they're done. I get that all the time. I'll get blood work sent to me. and They're like, can you help me? And I'm like, no, no, I can't, I can't fix this. Like if you'd have called yeah. me two and a half years ago, probably could have probably could have managed this, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's something I think more people need to pay attention to because
2: you didn't find out about this and then go, oh, well, I'm fine now then. See ya, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I definitely, I definitely learned that the hard way that year because earlier on in prep, probably eight weeks out, I remember I was traveling to, uh, I was in LA with my sister competing, and my shins were really swollen. I had a lot of edema in them, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's just the weather. It's just flying. It'll go down." I came back that, home. That's that's how I was for twenty years when I was three twenty. <laughs> water I watered my I ankles lead. all off season. I was like dieting, leaning, and it, they were just like get, getting more and more water. But I yeah. came home a little bit more, came, and then I, one day I went to the beach and like chilled in the sun. Came home went to bed and the next morning my legs were like i had no knee they were just like huge all the way down i'd put on like 15 pounds of just water and it was just sitting in my legs like that and i was still just like oh well, maybe it's an infection maybe i'll go get antibiotics just like avoiding <laughs> you did not you know? want to know <laughs> i didn't know and then finally like i think it, i was hiding it from everyone finally i was like told ian how severe it was he's like you fucking idiot what are you doing go to the hospital right now he sent me to the hospital and then that's when i stayed there for a week and they kind of figured everything out and then I was like, okay, yeah, stop avoiding that shit. It's going to be there regardless. So fix It's not it. going anywhere. <laughs> no, it's not.
0: So, okay, take us to I, – I, I didn't actually have the intention of walking you through these, but uh, take, us, so take us to uh, – we're on a roll here. We T- never know take what us, we're doing. <laughs> take us to the kind of the beginning of your last prep. you You had the tough prep. You're getting ready to go to your third Olympia. And are are you kind of worried it's going to flare up again? Like, is that on your mind the whole time, or did I you mind? I was manage-
2: terrified. I was terrified, oh. and that was a huge obstacle for me. This prep, I was had a lot of fear. Every like, I was, my friends with me and everything. My girlfriend was there with me, and they would always see me going down. And I'd sit there and just touch my ankle and my shins, and I would just push it. Like every day, a hundred times a day, I would just reach out subconsciously and just touch them because it was always just kind of scared. Like one day I'm going to touch it, it's going to be swollen, and I'm done. And I was terrified of that like the entire way and it was just it when you have that kind of stress your body doesn't respond as well to everything and considering stress is something that causes your autoimmune to be worse it definitely wasn't going to help it so it was kind of like a a cycle of just like shit you get put through but Somehow I just kind of kept my head down and kept pushing through. And it was like f- there, there wasn't anything in me that was going to give up. I would have fucking hated myself if my fear had let me not compete. I knew how close I was the last two years. I was like, if I don't get sick and I can put in the work I can, I know I can win. I knew I could mm-hmm. if I was that close with such a shitty year. So I just kind of kept my head down and kept pushing through. So
0: you're in the hotel on the night before the show. And, you, you know, you made it right? You made it, you know, nothing's going to go wrong. You're hours away from the stage. Um, what's, what's the mindset at that point? Like what's Ian saying to you, the way you looked?
2: Ian was fine. There was a, it was probably a few days before where when I flew in and I wasn't that dry, I wasn't looking great. And then I flew in and he had me just like chugging water down, doing a bunch of cardio. I got into the gym with hot as hell in Vegas. He showed up a day after me and we posed in the morning and I just randomly woke up. I had a great sleep, I just like, I, I don't know, something happened. I had a great sleep, pissed everything out at night, woke up just dry to the bone, looking great, still drinking water and everything. And I remember turning around and there was five people, was like Ian, my sister, some friends and everyone sitting there watching. And they were just like, they were like shocked how I look because they hadn't seen me look like that in like three years. And I was just like, that was the moment where like, holy fuck, I'm in it. We did it. We're here. Like everything else is just kind of like keep it straight, get there. And Ian was just kind of, Ian doesn't really like to give a lot of, or at least me, a lot of positivity back. And I kind of feed off that in a good way. He's like, Mm yep, you're doing good. We'll keep pushing. And I'm like, okay, I got to be better then. We can do more. And that's like how we feed off each other. And that works Mm -hmm. with me. So just kind of like a lot of excitement, though. There was a lot of excitement. I normally go in a lot more nervous to shows. And I was terrified all prep. But in that last week, I was just like excited. I knew I was there. The work had been done. My body was looking as good as it could. And I was just like jacked up, fired up to show it off.
0: What about, what about the, now, did you, did you think you had one for sure before you heard your, like, before they said the name, were you going out there? Like, did you have, I don't know. How are you thinking?
2: I didn't, I honestly didn't think of that. I, I, and I. So you were, you were just surprised. I'm lying, but I was, I wasn't surprised and I wasn't not surprised. I was literally just like doing my thing at like moment by moment i was just like go out there and pose your ass off do your routine fucking do this and just like keep your head level and i was like i i knew in the morning i had what it took to win i was like i can go out there and win this today just like fucking own the stage and do your thing but i didn't i wasn't sitting there like i know i won or i don't think i won it was just like i don't know it was cool i I was was, it was probably the most present i've ever been in my entire life people talk about like being present in a moment i'm not very good at that but on this day i was and i'm so grateful i was because it was such an amazing experience to have that feeling and just feel like you're floating around it was it was crazy for sure i, I it know like what you mean you
1: with um one thing i've always wondered is you've got i mean truthfully and i and i'm one of them and I, I mean we haven't even met but i wanted you to win and it's just because you have a you have a look and i think you carry yourself in the industry really really well i mean i compare your professionalism to flex lewis to jay cutler like and you're young but just like Flex, I mean, even when he's winning his last show, nobody ever really reached that point where they wanted to see him lose. Yeah. Like, he was still the guy they wanted to win. And, I mean, what's that like for you when you go into a show and it's like, I mean, the, it's not just, like, it was like everyone won in the audience at the same time. I mean, I remember when you won, I was like, oh, thank fucking God. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, in the morning I was sure, but like you said... I mean, this is the best in the world. So you're not sure. You're just you never know. Yeah. You're pretty sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what's that like to realize that, like, you've got essentially a world of fans behind you? We all have fans, but I mean, there's no question that uh, that you've got one or two more than everyone else.
2: <laughs> it's a pretty unreal feeling. I can't. I can't lie. And I have a lot of times where I don't really realize it, and then moments happen where I understand just like the magnitude of it all, and it makes it humbles me. It makes me like so grateful. I don't even. Like, I remember seeing the crowd just, like, erupt and people being so excited. I could probably hear my family, like, screaming and crying in the background. And it was just, like, it's really cool to have that much support. It's kind of hard to explain. It definitely helps me get through some stuff, too. You kind of feel, like, an extra pressure. Like, you almost, like, this high expectation, this, like, want, this drive that people support and they're behind you. It's, like, okay, I got to do it for them as well as myself. And Mm -hmm. that kind of... That pressure sometimes got to me when I was younger, but at this point, I definitely am able to use it to my advantage, and I'm grateful for it because, I mean, one day no one's going to give a fuck about who I am or even know who I am. <laughs> so right. right now, I'm just kind of enjoying for it, and it's really hard to explain what it's like to have people kind of come up and, like, express how much you mean to them when they don't even know who you are and stuff. It's it's really cool. Yeah.
0: Sure. Well, I I, uh, I remember when you won. I remember, like, I was there, so we were fucking yelling. And I remember, ex- obviously, I expected all the Canadians to want you to win, right? I thought, well, all the Ca- all of Canada's behind him. Mm-hmm. But then, when he won, and the whole arena exploded, I was like, oh, I guess all the Americans wanted him to like he, was, he got <laughs> like I was just kind of funny. I was looking at it as like Canada, USA, you know. And then everyone was just happy, and I was like, oh, you know. And and it's and it's not like, it's and and the weird thing is like Dusty's talking about it's just because they love you, like. Then nothing against the the former champ, he was an amazing bodybuilder. But mm. your fan base is just so huge.
2: It's 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 something I don't really understand, and I just try and be grateful for it. I don't know what what they see in me, but like, I mean, <laughs> it's, that's it's awesome. Definitely I cool. have no idea. <laughs> It's weird. I don't and know, all these
1: companies t- just keep be giving fair, me
2: money. <laughs> to be fair, there definitely wasn't everyone happy I won. There was a, there was still a decent amount of dispute of people kind of not thinking I should have because Breon's fucking amazing and always looks amazing. And if it was a bodybuilding show, he would have beat me. If it was a bodybuilding division, I think he would have – I'm pretty sure he would have beat me. But the whole classic physique division causes a little bit of like difficulty to see the difference between like being classic or just uh, – a. Smaller bodybuilder. So there was a lot of dispute of people who weren't happy, but yeah, it
0: was a, it was a, when I say everyone, it was a volume thing.
2: A lot of people, yeah, yeah. yeah. It For was sure.
0: loud. I know, mm-hmm. I I you know, I remember when Jay beat Ronnie too, the crowd exploded. But I remember it was like, 40 oh, percent of the crowd was pretty upset leaving that arena. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. loud. Hey, what's going on, guys? Scott McNally here. I'm going to jump in with a quick break and then we will get right back to the show. By the way, guys, if you're listening to this on iTunes, do me a favor and leave us a five star review. All that stuff will help to uh, boost us up so that other people can find our programming. All right, guys. We're going to take just a brief pause to shout out truenutrition.com. I've been using them for years now, years long before they sponsored our programming. And so has Skip. And so has Scott Stevenson. And so has Dusty Handshaw. In fact, those guys knew the owner, Dante Trudell, for years now, since back before he even had True Nutrition He's the creator of DC Training, which we talk about all the time, and he's also the creator of True Nutrition. He developed this company so that he could offer bodybuilders high-quality supplements with no flashy marketing, no gimmicks, none of the stuff that would boost the pricing up. This way, he could sell products for next to wholesale pricing and make sure that he kept them as high-quality as possible. I back everything sold by truenutrition.com. You can get everything you need from all your protein powders to plant-based protein powders to whole food vitamins and fish oil to performance supplements like your NO products like citrus malate and beta alanine anything you could possibly think of you can get there at true nutrition and if you use our code advices that will let them know that you support our programming and in turn they'll continue to support what we are doing so once again that's truenutrition.com and our code advices supports our podcasts plus it'll get you a discount i also want to shout out get that's a z o t h azoth is on the cutting edge of brain supplements Increasing focus and attention live in the zone. Cognition and memory to process faster and think deeper. Improves mood, controls stress. Plus energy and motivation. Start strong and finish stronger. Whatever you're investing your time in, the idea of Nootropics is to get more out of it. To get more accomplished and to be more effective at what you're doing. I use Nootropics to help boost my cognitive abilities while I'm podcasting, adjusting diets, and dialing people in on their contest preps. Azoth 2.0 is great for performance enhancement at my desk, but it's also great for performance enhancement in the gym. Check them out. You can go to getazoth.com. You can go to the Amazon link. Both of those are in our show notes. And we also have a code. Advices10 will get you 10% off at either of those sites. That's A-Z-O-T-H. Thank you, guys for listening to our ads. Thank you for supporting us by shopping with our sponsors and using our codes. And if you have any questions, reach out to me at Scott McNally One on Instagram or hit me up at the advices Radio group on Facebook. So man. so what about um
0: what about how you see yourself as a businessman? and how do you see the like how do you see yourself like we're all trying to ext- to extract a living from bodybuilding? Yeah <laughs> you know? so, I know, you know, the old school way it was get a get a supplement contract and win prize money. But I mean, what's your big plan?
2: In like business wise?
0: Yeah. Like get the most out of bodybuilding. You know, you said someday someone no one's going to give a fuck, right? Yeah. So you got everyone's everyone's got that uh, due date.
2: I have a I have a few like passions in business I would like to kind of explore on of stuff that like. I mean sponsorships and stuff come through and to be honest I've never been one to give a fuck about having like a lot of money I already make more money than I really know what to do with so I just kind of like save it and go with it but I have some passions I would like to build and create like my own businesses of like stuff that I'll probably do down the line but so far I've really just kind of like focused on competing and it's never really been about what I can milk from it at all and like I know a lot of people are upset of like classic and how much they make and shit and it might sound like this is what you should say, but I actually like don't give a fuck if I've made zero money. I would pay to compete at the Olympia this year. I honestly would, and take nothing from it because right now, like what I get from like the gratification of like winning, the effort I'm putting in, and seeing people like give a fuck about me is worth so much more than what I can pull from it. But so that's kind of like just where my really head is right now because with my health issues, I don't know how long I'll be able to compete, and I would just want to like stay in this moment and enjoy that as much as I possibly can while I can. But down the line, I would like to kind of like branch off a little bit into some owning my own business stuff and stop trying to promote someone else's stuff because obviously it's a lot more fun to do whatever the hell you want and push something in the direction you want to do it. So we'll figure that out when time comes.
1: How are you doing? I mean, and this is kind of a a, a personal question for me because I didn't realize um, how much the travel, the fans, the expos... Like, you know, when you're doing them, sometimes it's like, oh, fuck, this is exhausting. Well, that since we all lost it this year, (laughs) I've I've realized like, fuck, I love that shit. Like, how's that been for you? Like, essentially being home? Like, I mean, for because for me, I know it's just I've realized like, holy shit, I better enjoy every one of these things I have a chance to do again, because I lost them for a year. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a little out of
2: touch. I'm definitely in the same boat as you. And what in the middle of it, I was kind of like, fuck. Like, I don't want to travel again, traveling every week. I'm like, I just want to stay home. And then as soon as you're home for two months, you're like, fuck, I want to travel. And especially this being my first year as, like, the champ, Mr. Olympia, it would have been fun to kind of, like, go out and meet people and do a bunch of things as the champ. Because it kind of took until – it took, like, six months for it to settle in that I had actually even won the Olympia me to understand what had just happened. Right. And then by then, we were in shutdown, and I didn't get to go do anything. So – Definitely, I've definitely started to miss that. And it's one of those things that quarantine has made me more grateful for. So I can be happy for that. But hopefully stuff opens up eventually and we can get back to doing that. Who knows when, though?
0: I, uh, I got a lot of people asking, uh, when are you moving out
2: here? To BC? A there's lot a- of people or is this Calvin?
0: <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, there's a little rumor floating around the gym that there are people are trying to talk you into moving out here. So people are asking me.
1: Ron, it's
2: not a rumor if you start it just for the record right right <laughs> i mean we'll see when i was down there i had a great time and i might be coming back later this summer just to finish off the off season in a gym like that but right now i i'm planning on moving eventually and just trying something out but that'll definitely be after the olympia this year the plan was always to go somewhere hot because i'm not a fan of the cold so i going to go like down south but if i stay in canada bc is definitely going to be where i'm at if if you went to the states where would you go I was thinking some places like Texas, like Austin, even Arizona, or something like that. Just somewhere warm that's not LA, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you know?
1: <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, that's such a great. I love when people are like, I can't wait to get to LA. I'm like, oh, you've never been. That's cool. oh, you'll have fun <laughs> for a month and then you get exactly. To fuck I see you've
0: never been. This will be yeah. interesting. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How many questions you got, Dusty? Let's let's rapid fire him with a few of these. So, right. just so you know, I've got more questions for you than ever on any episode we've ever done. Like, I haven't even been able to. Like, there's no way I can even look at them all. all right, a lot of people of, wonder. A lot of people what ones. Yeah, yeah. Is the stash coming back for this year's Olympia?
1: That's the that's
2: the, that's that was
0: asked three times. Wait,
2: that's definitely coming back. It is. All right, the stash I'm is hiding with the beard right now, but I could not do the stash this year. It'll be Is back. it gonna
0: be the same stash or are you changing it?
2: I think it'll be the same, yeah. I gotta keep it I like keeping like a clean cut kind of classy look still with a subtle stash.
0: Classic, like, like the type of mustache you'd see on the side of like a like a soap box. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Bronze paper trusty. towel or something
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. it's, it's not that. a cop stash though it's it's its own thing I well like it. a couple of
0: people <laughs> called it a porn stash
2: that's acceptable i got that a lot yeah, nine <laughs> porn stash. yeah a lot of the women did not like it to be honest they don't like the stash see I, no. I i
1: joked that that was your thing you were like listen when you get to where i am in the looks department you do
0: whatever the fuck you want <laughs> people still accept it <laughs> all right ron go okay what do you listen to when you train? What's your training music, your favorite go-to squat song?
2: I listen to everything. My favorite go-to squat song is, like, Icky Thump or something, probably, like, Heavy Rock or something. That's normally what I go on leg day, I'll do, like, a kind of hard rock stuff. But I'll pile through, like, EDM, hip-hop, old-school hip, mainly old-school hip-hop if I do, whether even, like, anything before 2010, probably in the hip-hop style i had a phase where i'd listen to country music while i trained i've really done it all but normally heavy days are like rock and stuff and in, in the winter i always end up in edm for some reason in the winter yeah. something about
0: the depression <laughs>
1: something like that trying to
2: lift me up
0: we don't we don't understand that in
1: scotts so i'm like what's winter that's weird that's <laughs> funny that's funny <laughs> all right i got, see i got all the important ones what's your favorite sneaker brand right now oof
2: i don't i really don't have one to be honest it was Adidas forever, and then Nike caught up, so it's between Adidas and the Nike.
0: Locked oh, in- interesting, interesting. Okay. I'd like to hear, what, what What do you mean they caught up? You were, like, investigating the structure of the shoes, and they researching? <laughs> they
2: just, I felt like Nike for a while was just doing, like, runners and just, like, basic shit, and Adidas was, like, ah, the okay. urban, cool streetwear, like, up-to-date, like, Yeezys and all that shit kind of coming out, and then Nike started to do a lot more cooler shit
0: how many how many real training partners have you had over the years like real solid long-term training partners versus training alone
2: that solid probably one probably Ian, and we don't even train together that often i've been a pretty solo trainer a lot of my life but ian's probably the only one i've like consistently trained for long periods of time
0: right right okay a lot of training alone yeah do you prefer that
2: usually i do yeah I like being my own routine, my own schedule, and just kind of getting there and doing my own thing.
1: Are you, are you really locked in on your schedule? Because I know, like, uh, uh, in the last few years in Jay's career, uh, my video guy does a, a lot of his videos as well. And he would say, you know, Jay would be like, all right, meet me at the gym at 11 p.m. We're going to go train. And around 10, he'd be like, probably looking more like one and then next thing, you know they're rolling in at like 2 a.m to finally train so do you like do you train at 11 a.m every day or whatever your time is or is it just kind of hit or miss on
2: how you feel it's definitely how i feel and that's why it's been hard to train with people because people i train with will have jobs or do something or have shit going on and i'm just like well i'm gonna train at one tomorrow and then i'm like actually no i'm gonna go at five or i'm already there it's 11 a.m i'm going so right it's just whenever normally it's after three meals but if i feel like going earlier or later that day or something comes up I go later so yeah that's later why I, was, I,
1: I have two partners that are similar situations to me own their own business and stuff so they're like what time we train tomorrow i'm like well i'll text you tomorrow you know that like <laughs> i have no fucking idea <laughs> who knows
2: yeah <laughs> when it happens it'll you happen.
1: know yeah because if I, I don't sleep so if i actually sleep i'm like dude i slept five hours we can go now let's fucking go <laughs> <laughs>
0: right what uh who who would you say would be your favorite bodybuilder of all time and who motivated you to actually get into bodybuilding
2: that's a tough one one of my favorite physiques that i like look up to is barry DeMay because i think we kind of have similar structure and from that era and stuff i just i love the way he posed the way he held himself on stage and he had a pretty crazy physique good looking dude too and my favorite like bodybuilder has been like like a 2013 phil heath kind of thing i don't think to me that's like the best bodybuilder i've ever seen ronnie's the goat because he's huge massive but like how pristine Phil looked back then to me was just like perfection. Mm-hmm. And I honestly I wasn't that big huge fan of like bodybuilding when I was young, where I looked up to a bunch of bodybuilders. I didn't have like magazines or anything kind of coming up. I just loved to train. So the first bodybuilder I knew who got me into it was really my brother-in-law Ian. I was mm-hmm. just he saw me when I was young. He's like, dude, what the fuck? You're really fucking jacked for a high school kid. Like, and then started. He was dating my sister. We started training a bit. And a year after high school, he coached me to compete and kind of the rest with history.
1: That's fine. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I think you should probably consider following this path right here. It's going to be fine for you. Um, oh, here's a good one. This kid has a lot of questions. Uh, what would be the best advice you'd give for a, a teenager uh, that wants to pursue bodybuilding?
0: Oof.
1: These questions are always and hard. You, and you can't say, don't do it, because that's usually what I say.
2: <laughs> okay, aside <laughs> yeah. from don't do it,
0: stay in school. <laughs>
2: I don't know, make sure you actually fucking love it. Like actually understand whether you love it and why you're doing it. Like I don't have, there's no reason that keeps me motivated. No, like something I want to impress people or I got bullied in school when I was younger so I wanted bigger. There's no like little thing of why I want to do it. I just love doing what I do every single day. And that's what makes it easy for me to be motivated or not be motivated and still do it. Like I don't believe in motivation. I just love what I do to the endless. So I'm going to fucking do it to the best of my ability. And unless you have that, love for something i don't think you're gonna really succeed at it because eventually you're gonna be like fuck i don't want to do it today and then you're not right so if you're gonna really push everything balls to the wall to the point where you're kind of risking your health pushing things hard and everything make sure you actually fucking love it and you're not just gonna tap out in a few years because a lot of people do
1: that's awesome that's, that's really true i'm always amazed at how many people bitch and complain while they're dieting i can't wait till this is over i'm like we well, can quit today yeah why are you doing it then <laughs> like, <just> stop <laughs> Stop. Yeah. no one's making you yeah i hear you. You what's on? your
0: what's your worst travel story?
2: Oh Jesus, my <laughs> worst travel story. Uh, I can't remember exactly where I was going, but it was like a one day shoot I had in oh I think it was in Jersey and I was living in the East Coast like Halifax at one this point and you couldn't fly anywhere. So it was a two-stop flight to get there and I remember my flight got delayed the day of or something. I showed up to the airport with an hour away from me. The flight got delayed that night to the next day. So I had to go back home, come back the next day. So I showed up a day late and then all day we had to shoot for stuff like stupid stuff with my old sponsor that was really annoying and poor scripted and it was shitty and I was tired. I didn't sleep the night before. I go back to the airport that same night and then there was a snowstorm coming in where I was from. So I flew to my connecting flight or whatever and then it was like. 10 p.m. and they're like oh yeah your flight's delayed till 11 so I waited and they're like okay your flight's delayed until midnight we're still going to try and take off like okay yeah your flight's delayed until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning and I was like what the fuck do I do and they're like well it's not canceled so we can't give you anything and I was like okay so I slept in the airport on like a chair and shit and I had like no food I had like probably a protein bar and something everything was closed slept on the plane the the seat in the airport next day I go to my plane at like 5 30 a.m. or whenever we were supposed to get ready for it and they're like oh yeah i got delayed till noon was like are you fucked so i had to go and get like some shitty fast food and then noon comes around like yeah i got delayed till like 3 p.m and then by like i think by like 3 30 we ended up leaving but i was in the airport for almost 24 hours just like waiting and after a full day of shooting and everything being delayed the day before and it was just it was just a complete shit show so i've actually slept in an airport four times so i have a similar sort of that but i remember this one waking up the next day and it got pushed to late afternoon and it was just a shit show so it wasn't when when's when's the last time you slept in an airport it's been two years now to be honest so you were like olympia level sleeping in airports i i did i did a couple times yeah it took until last year Actually, no, it was me winning the Olympia this year in November where my flight got delayed overnight, and I was like, fuck it. I'm going in and and getting a hotel, and I left and got a hotel. (laughs) I was going to say.
0: I'm the best in the world. I can afford a hotel.
2: Right? right? I'll go buy a fucking $80 night hotel.
0: (laughs) You know that that
1: happened, Ron, when I was coming back from uh, Germany, but the difference was Mutant's travel lady is unreal. I hit the ground in Chicago – I find out that my flight has been de- delayed again. Again, they're not giving me any money because they don't want to use the word cancel. So it's delayed until the next morning. I can't find a hotel. So I, as soon as I'm about to hit my phone, it rings some weird number, and it's middle of the night I answer. It's the travel agent that Mutant uses. She's like, hey, uh, go downstairs. This is the address you're going to. Your room's booked, paid, and uh, you got to be back to the airport by 6. I'm like, do you sleep? how the fuck did you know this like, that's amazing i need those I, I was like this is bad i mean i literally just got there i got into sleep woke up the next morning got on a flight flew home
0: and i'm like it
1: almost felt like nothing bad happened yeah it's not bad at all
0: <laughs> i've, I've she saved me a couple times too yeah no it's nice to have that that's something that i'll never complain about um what sport me and dusty talked about this last week what sport would you do if you had to do a pro sport but obviously couldn't be this
2: like if I was actually good at it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What would you,
0: what would you love? What would you have loved to have done?
2: Uh, Without a doubt. MBA basketball. Oh really? Yeah. I played basketball when I was younger and I ended up, I was always center and I was was too short eventually for it, but I fucking loved it. I, I would, for me, that'd be the most fun. There's so many highlights you can get out of it. You play enough games, but not too many games. It's not too like stress, stressful, like football contact on the body and just, it just seems like a fun lifestyle.
0: Can you still dunk?
2: Probably not right now, but if I had like two months max of training of like practicing jumping, cause I haven't jumped in a long time, I think I could, I can well, definitely two hand grab the rim still. So
0: let's say someone, let's say you had to, let's say you had two weeks to try to dunk.
2: What would you do? Probably just practice jumping.
0: Just running and jumping, grabbing the rim over and over and over. Do some Pretty, vertical jumps.
2: Just getting used to it, stretching, mobility, and getting used to it. Because I think I have it in me still to do it. It's just my muscles are so tight and like not used to doing anything but squatting up and down very slowly. You know.
0: Well, I saw you wakeboarding the other day.
2: I, yeah, I got up on the wakeboard. That was. It's been a long time since I done, did that, but somehow still did it.
0: Pulling you behind the boat. Do you? Do you, do you like you snowboard too? Don't you? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever worry about like? Career ending injuries and stuff like that, or you sort of feel like your body weight's not too crazy?
2: I mean, I do everything pretty safe. I don't do anything crazy when I do. Like I've gone snowboarding a couple times in the past few years where I don't go down crazy hills and I don't try and be an idiot and go off jumps or anything. Right. So I take it easy and You're I, out I for know Sunday I'm Sunday cruise. Yeah. Just like a casual ride down the hill. I know I'm pretty good at snowboarding, so just don't be an idiot when I'm out there and I don't take it risk too many times. Okay.
1: <laughs> that's uh, a friend of mine that owns uh, a bunch of businesses. He loves motocross and he literally showed me as his house one day inside of his helmet. It's written, you're a business owner, asshole. So every time he puts it on, <laughs> he reminds himself because do he stupid. Stupid. Well, he's competitive. So you know how it is. You start you're like, well, yeah, probably do that. And then it just inches its way up while he's on the track.
0: So he's like, yeah, I have to remind myself I make money by not screwing myself up on this shit. Part of the reason I haven't gone skiing in 25 years is, is because I'm afraid of what I would think I could do. Because I grew up on skis, and I could do 360s and backflips, and I would ski moguls and ski powder, and, and, and I, I, I know I'd do something just so stupid.
2: Half the day goes by, you're like, I feel good, I could do a backflip.
0: Fucking yeah. basic carbs are pretty easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's just jump into a backflip now. It's genius. No, yeah. I, I've, I'm old enough to have learned that much about myself. Is there anything you don't do anymore in the gym? Like just you've hurt yourself doing it, or it's an exercise you fucking hate, or you're just not worth the risk. Like, what won't you do anymore?
2: I don't do really heavy straight leg deadlifts anymore. Because I tore my hamstring last year during prep doing that. I was being a kind of a fucking idiot when I did it and going heavy. Not it wasn't even that heavy, but I had my toes elevated because I felt very flexible. And I was just it was just it was one set I was like, wow, I feel really I was really fucking flexible at the time like this is easy i could do it the light it felt pretty light but it was still heavy weight and then just popped my hamstring so i don't do that shit anymore
1: okay yeah, i'm i'm always I, I think it's interesting i actually had a kid that asked this it said uh do all do all classic competitors train as hard and heavy as you do me i think yeah cuz i think a lot of people are surprised uh when they when they see you train because you train like you're getting ready for the open olympia uh, when you're deadlifting and things, I, I've, it's amazing how many people are shocked with that. But it's like, well, where do they think the muscle came
2: from? I, to be fair, there are a lot of classic competitors that I've trained with who train more like the late Phil Heath kind of thing. You know, just like machines right. pump it out. And I, I've yet to meet a classic competitor who can keep up to me on strength because my whole life I've trained with bodybuilders. Whether it's my brother-in-law or when I travel, I try and find the biggest bodybuilder to train with. That's mm-hmm. how I enjoy to train. So I do think a lot of Classic guys don't really train like that, but they all still train hard, just kind of a little different format. Right.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine going to the gym and not just trying to kill myself.
2: You especially, yeah. (laughs) Kind of what you're known for.
0: It's the only way to have any fun in there.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dusty's um, very... Well, you've trained with Ian, so you get it, but, like, there's sometimes there's too many plates on stuff. You're just like... You're like, there's too many plates on this hack squat. Like, this doesn't make sense. Like... You know, I remember being big and real strong, but like then there's like four more plates on the hack squat from that. And yeah. it's like,
2: fuck. You know? <laughs> I've it, seen it, a lot of those dusty videos. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're not if you're not gonna be good at
1: bodybuilding, you have to be good at something about bodybuilding. That's how people <laughs> there you go. Don't make me like actually go on stage but watch this video, it's pretty fun.
0: <laughs> but, uh, no, no. It's good though. I, I I know what you mean. And like when I trained with you, you trained just like any hardcore dorian fan like you 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 know the forest reps, and it was funny chris said to me when we started he goes do you guys do forced reps on stuff (laughs) and i looked at him and i go oh yeah and he goes oh good good okay i was like oh and that (laughs) was just like i was like like, oh okay it's gonna be great this will be easy we'll just train it won't even have to talk about it it'll just work so yeah we had fun although that pack deck stack was a little light for you could have put another plate on there
2: Made it hard, but the first set was a little light, yeah.
0: <laughs> we wound up with one one like twenty five rep set that we weren't expecting.
2: <laughs> we turned the first set into cardio. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well we only put one plate on the stack, so you know we gotta we get won. one of
2: those pegs that goes in where you can put multiple plates on.
0: Yeah, yeah. We only hold one. Um I've had a bunch of people ask me about your tattoo. I don't know what they're talking about. Do you cover up a tattoo?
2: I've never covered one up. No, I have one on my like arm here, but oh. I've never covered it up, no.
0: Some of these questions, I guess.
2: I don't know. It's really hard to see when I'm all tanned because it's like just a shaded tattoo on my arm and you don't really look at your forearm. But
0: oh, yeah. maybe that's what they mean. Did you cover it up on stage or no?
2: No, I didn't. Okay. It's hard to see you, but I didn't cover it.
0: Okay. what? Um... Go ahead, Dusty. Hit him with one. I mean, I
1: I don't really have anything jammed up. I just think that the, uh, you know, the driving thing that I love is uh, the question on you said that you that uh, you do this because you love it. So with that in mind, barring injury or anything like that, is your what's your plan on when to stop bodybuilding just when you don't love it or you'll see or or how's that work? I mean, do you have any plan in your head of how long you're going to
2: ride this thing out? I mean, a big mental battle i've kind of been facing since 2018 is understanding that my body's probably going to give out before my mind does Mm -hmm. and like i said when i'm keeping monitoring everything when it gets to the point where it's too far hopefully i'm at a point in my life where i can like difficultly step down when i need to for my health and Mm -hmm. i really and i'm pretty positive and i'd like to do that before it gets to the point where i'm forced out of it Mm -hmm. so it's going to come up to my mind my ability to make the right decision of not pushing myself too far so I can still grow old with uh, like a healthy lifestyle. I'd like to at least win one or two more, something into it, but it's something I got to play by ear and eventually make peace with. But it's definitely a constant battle and fear that I live with in my mind, knowing my body's going to give up before my head does. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's, that makes sense. I think it's key because I, I see a lot of, I mean, every sport, but I hate to see guys who the sport retires them instead of they retire from the sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's in, whether it's health issues or not, just, you know, knowing when it's time to go, you know, or guys that, uh, cause I know for, for Ron, an example, like when he was done, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm moving into other ventures. I see a lot of guys hang out and want to stay big or whatever it is. Cause it's kind of become who they are. Um, so it's a, it's, I think it's a tricky thing. People don't realize, uh, in this, this lockdown has definitely highlighted that for me. I'm like, oh, shit. I actually depend on this lifestyle more than I thought. Once you realize that, the, that not traveling bugs you and you know what I mean? You're like, mm-hmm. all right. I, for, for, so for me, it's become something of enjoy every second of it
2: just in case. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's difficult when it's like all you know. It's what your whole life is and you do get so much joy from it. And it's something you really can't do forever. So. It's good to have the understanding that you're to pull out of it. But, of course, like you said, you need to enjoy every second while you still have it. No doubt.
0: What's, uh, what's your favorite thing about being Canadian?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Probably the questions I get about being Canadian or the assumptions about being Canadian, you know? <laughs> Everyone just assumes something usually positive about you just because you're from Canada. They like you a little bit more. Oh, you're from Canada, eh? Just like something, you know? <laughs> Every time I say A when I'm traveling, people get really excited and I'll laugh about it. And it's just kind of like, I feel like people look at you a little better just because you're from Canada.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's, we, we're definitely the, we're the peacekeepers of the world. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've played our role. I know what you mean. It's, it's helped me out in a lot of situations. People like talk to you like, what, what? Oh, you're Canadian. Oh, come here. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been it's been yeah, cool.
2: Whenever you travel, you gotta have a huge Canadian patch somewhere on your bag or something.
0: Well, when I was when I was nineteen and I I left on my adventure to go through Asia and then I had a work visa for Australia. Mm-hmm. I had a Canadian flag sewn to my weight belt. Yeah. So that every gym I was in, everyone, you know, just in yeah. case, <laughs> maybe there's a help, maybe some help, you know.
2: I got a maple <laughs> leaf tattooed on my leg, so.
0: Oh, there you <laughs> go. So
2: no one ever forgets.
0: <laughs> Is OK, I um, also I've got a lot of questions about the same thing, but I remember asking you about it. The I, I want to hear I, I want everyone to hear the story about the Favage shirt. And oh God. and where that comes from, because I, I told you, I said that was like the fucking best shirt ever when I saw that you made that shirt. There's a whole bunch of comments. When are you getting more? When are you getting more? Everyone wants one. Um, but but what was the what's you know, tell us the story.
2: Did I tell you a story or was it just kind of like how it just kind of came out of nowhere? You gave me a bit of a
0: story. Well, you said like, you know, inside joke, obviously, but you said instead of, you know, not talking about it, you're just going to fucking put it on a shirt.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. So I guess, I mean, I used to get made fun of for my lisp a lot because it was definitely a lot worse when I was younger. The more I talk, the better it usually gets. Like if I talk a lot like this, it kind of goes away but whenever something would come up, people would like make fun of me for it. So I just started owning it all the time. And every time I would say like, savage became like a cool thing to say. And like everyone was having shirts that said savage on it and all this shit. So every time I would try and say it like at a workout or something to my mouth, I'm always, like savage. And people are like, what? And they would like make fun of me that I can't say it. So then I just kind of put it in a few captions. I was like hashtag savage was a th just like owning it that like, I can't say it like, yeah, but it's fucking funny. And people just loved it and find it hilarious. So we're like, fuck it. Let's make some money off it and put it on a t-shirt. And I kind of copied the old school Slayer t-shirt and just wrote Savage across it. And (laughs) it blew up. People loved it. So we're going to have to make some more of it for sure. How many many did you sell? I'm not sure exactly. I think we made like around 800 or something. And they all sold out like pretty immediately. yeah
1: <laughs> i love that because only the true fans are like fuck yes <laughs> yeah
0: well i i thought it was especially cool because when you came into the gym to train legs you actually had a slayer shirt on oh yeah <laughs> so it like had the same same style of letters right and
1: yeah, i thought that's, like was my
2: favorite letters. shirt i have so i was like all right let's copy it <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: that's forgettable. that was one of the questions i had a, a guy said uh the guy said that he had the he has your shirt and he wanted to know if you thought it was was intentional that there's an S in Lisp. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Your fans are fucking awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah. Huge. My fans are fucking hilarious because they know I like to poke fun at myself. So like I don't get a lot of hate on stuff. Normally it's they like to poke at me in like joking ways and i love that kind of like humor of like being able to laugh at yourself and not taking stuff too seriously because it's like who the fuck cares like life's too short to care and everyone just kind of makes fun of me and laughs at it and i can laugh with them and it's a fun kind of makes you human
1: for them too though like then they they know you like if you can make if you can make a a joking jab at your favorite bodybuilder and he laughs you're like oh so we're Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, this yeah. is a normal like, because it is surprising how many people are surprised when they meet someone at your level and you're like, yep, this is just my job.
2: I can't tell you how many people talk to me and they're like, you're so like normal, like you're like down to earth. You're like a normal person. I'm like, what did you expect? <laughs> you know, like it means to not be human. Like, what does that mean? I, it's, it's, it's it's funny when,
0: uh, you know, you when you're here training you know, there was people would come up to me and they'd be like, it's is that Chris Bumstead? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, but he's just training here like they didn't. And it's almost like they <laughs> you expected, guys didn't
1: close the gym for yeah, him. Yeah, like <laughs> you
0: didn't close the gym for him. Like he's just training beside normal people, besides civilians. <laughs> he just <says, laughs> <The> 30 people. <laughs> he's training with the normies. <laughs> That's awesome. But I was like, yeah, it's just, that's actually how bodybuilding is done.
2: That's how you work out. <laughs> like
0: how many people, you know, like how many guys had their own private gym, you know, Dorian would close the gym. He did, eh? Well, he would train before the Art.
2: gym. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and that was like what? Jay Cutler would just waltz into LVAC and just train legs, you know, and just with a camera crew.
2: <laughs> yeah, didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When you know when you're there long enough, like the people at your gym don't give a fuck either. Like, oh, everyone got used to having them around, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I think is awesome when when you get to that point where people are just like, ah, eh. like I I love that the gyms I typically train at, even when you're doing something really crazy, like most of the gym doesn't even stop anymore. They're like, ah, eh, I've seen him do that. He's doing
2: it, he's doing it again. Yeah. He's doing that He'll thing get- he does. It'll be like a cat, the first time someone comes up, like, can't believe they see you, ask for a picture, and then a few days later, they're like, what's up, Chris? And then they walk by, <laughs> you know? some man? Just like your friends, and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. As it should be.
0: <clears throat> a lot of people asking about marijuana and bodybuilding.
2: <laughs> a lot wanna- of people think I'm, like, a huge stoner sometimes, because I'm, like, kind of mellowed out, I guess. But I've obviously, it's Canada, it's legal now, we've all tried it, done it, and when I was younger, but... I've, when I got older, I started to get a little anxious when I smoke weed, but in terms of bodybuilding in it, I know a lot of people who do it and absolutely love it, and there's been studies and stuff that have shown it benefits mind-muscle connection, it helps calm you, you can have better workouts, better recovery in some instances, so I'm all for it if you'd enjoy it. Cool.
0: That answered like 20 of these fucking questions. I knew it cool. was
2: coming. I guess I get that asked a lot.
0: Oh, really? You knew that was coming? <laughs> of all the stuff I could ask you. He's like, yeah. I'm pretty much sure that was it. No, we really appreciate it. We had you for an hour now, Chris. Um, you know, uh, just wish you all the best. And I know it's a, it's been a completely fucked up year for everybody. So you must just be itching to kind of get some sort of, you know, absolute focus and normalcy going.
2: A little bit, yeah. Now that gyms have, like, opened up and – Like when the Olympia got pushed back, I was really fucking happy. I wasn't really feeling it. I wasn't ready to start a prep or anything. And when I realized I had an extra like four months or whatever it was, I was like I felt so good about it. My training right now is just like increasing, getting better by the day. Gyms are open. I feel motivated, excited to go to the gym every day. So right now that's kind of all I care about and I'm just getting ready for that. Right. What what
0: do you foresee? I guess last lastly, what do you foresee happening with with the corona situation and travel and bodybuilding do you think we're going to have expos starting next year
2: it's hard to say i'm i'll be shocked if the olympia has an expo by then i think they'll do a probably a limited capacity crowd if they can like tampa tried to do this this week but obviously it'll be a bigger scale but i i couldn't tell you anything about the corona i don't think anyone really can because who knows what could happen okay Anything else, Dusty?
1: That's it, man. Other, other man. other than, uh, than good good luck, and uh, we're looking forward to watching the prep. So, uh, as as fans as well, pump that uh, content. So we have things to do while we're while we're not training. <laughs> for sure, we'll do.
2: Yeah,
0: look forward to seeing you when you get out here again. Whenever Appreciate that is. It.
2: Yeah, man. Okay. Thanks, thanks for having me on the show and everything, guys. Thanks, Chris. So, Dusty, we got him on the
1: show. We got we got it done. You know. Number fifty, he stayed the whole show. No, I actually. Um, all kidding aside, I think what I what I love the most, and I could drive home a million times, I'd love for us to even do the clip of, is the point about loving what you do, whether it's bodybuilding or not, um, yeah. because it it does amaze me how many people don't realize that, like he said, you and I, him, like, if I I would be doing this irregardless if it was after my nine to five. The gym would still be the thing. The eating would still be the thing, you know, and, and, you know, uh, you, you're still living it right now and you're not, you have zero plans of ever competing again, but you're still a bodybuilder. And I think that that's something that gets missed. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away with how many people, I hate to say this, but in my opinion, waste their life bodybuilding when they don't like it. Yeah. Because you know, whether it's for Instagram or for whatever, like, you know, you don't need to do it at this level unless you love it, because what's the point?
0: And how he said he, he's like, he doesn't give a fuck about the prize money. He's like, I'd pay to compete at the Olympia. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. and I think people miss that all the time,
1: too, because I've I've been hit with that before. Like, you know, uh, in, a, in a negative way, like, why do you train so hard? You can't you're not going to win. And I'm like, it's ten thousand dollars. You really think I give a shit if I won a pro show?
0: Right. Like, yeah. That doesn't even, that's
1: factor not in. even like, that's not even in my brain. And if it was, I'd be, you know, if I'm worried about fighting for my life and spending 8,000 to make 10, I got a little bit of a problem anyways.
0: You, you know what else? <laughs> and, and, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but it was just my mentality. And this is back when I didn't even have money. Like, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, I was a bouncer when I was young, getting ready for shows. Right. You know, it's not like I had money coming up my ass and, you know, people would say like. Oh, can you believe they're charging a hundred dollars entry fee? And my mentality was always like, I'd pay a thousand. I'm yeah. like, I'm on my way to, like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. It's a fixed cost of me climbing the ladder to get my pro card.
1: Yeah. And what you want to do, and I think that that's where people get missed is there's nothing wrong with this being a hobby that you love to do. Right. Um, you know, no different than I love when, like, it's like, if you, if you like to customize your car. Like, you know damn well you're, you're, quote, wasting that money. You're not getting it back. Right. But you love it. You don't care. That's not the point. You know what I mean? It's a passion. It's the same for bodybuilding. Like, there's, it's not about how much money you have, it's how much you're willing to spend on your endeavor. Right. You know, when I was broke, then, okay, what are things I don't need in my house so I can make sure I eat my food? Cause that's what I want to do with the extra money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I would have, yeah, I didn't care what the entropy was. <clears> like, you know, and $100 back then was like $1,000 now. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, oh, I don't, like, it didn't even cross my mind that it was, ex- uh, like, too much for an entry fee. I just was yeah. like, oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Done. Let's do it. Like, yeah. and that was just because competing was all I cared about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I also in my mind, I would always say, oh, well, I don't gamble and I don't drink. So <laughs> that's my, that's the, that's the money normal people waste on stuff. Yeah. So I can, uh, I can do that.
1: I I think that that's the key, like you said, is you're going, you're going to do something besides work and go home and save your money. Right. So just make sure that thing that you do, you love doing. And like Chris said, like, look at, look at his, like people are, are, like you said, you're a normal person. Yes. He just happens to be the best at what he does, but he's still living minus the travel and fanfare. The exact same life he was when he first fell in love with bodybuilding.
0: Yeah. Sleeping in fucking airports.
1: I get on, I gotta be honest with you, man. I'm not hardcore. I get I get a hotel every fucking time. I get a, <laughs> and I'm out some, of here.
0: <laughs> if like fuck, if someone said you know, it'd be seven hours. Yeah, I'd go get a hotel. Yeah, we'll do.
1: I mean, I'm sorry, but for 150 bucks, I'm, I'm getting the fuck
0: out of here, <laughs> or I'm wait. going
1: into the city if it's during yeah. the day, and I'm gonna go do some shit and come back. You just yeah. walk
0: straight into the hotel room crash in my clothes, wake back up five hours later and go back to the
3: <laughs>
1: airport. Well, that's why That's why I did that with that international flight. I literally – I went to the hotel because what do you want to do when you get home for an international flight? Got in a fucking shower, yes. cleaned up, changed, slept, woke up in my clothes because I was, I knew I was going to be smoked, mm-hmm. crawled out the door straight to the airport. But at least that way when you're getting on the plane the next day – you've started over again you're clean you're fucking moving forward like the idea of like okay so i've been in these clothes for 36 hours fuck
0: yeah that's (laughs) the worst no 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 (laughs) so we got to touch on the big weekend the tampa pro yes uh I, i uh number one everything happened the way i thought it would
1: um i was not shocked at all first off with the 212 um i don't know that many people were um in, in that regard so i felt that that was a, a pretty strong sweep but my my exciting thing from the 212 was was seeing aaron clark back to aaron clark he looked good yeah yeah i was really stoked to see that you know yeah like, it's good to see guys who people write off and you never know what it is, is it injury is it time is it they needed something is it life what is it but to see somebody come back and and arguably be as good or better than he ever was right was pretty sick you know what i mean and yep. uh and I, I loved watching that you know and it's we're not I've, i don't even think i've ever met aaron i've just always been a fan of his physique and and watching somebody
0: bounce back is awesome you know what i mean yeah i met him once he was really super cool and uh i remember seeing the pictures he posted like a day out yeah <laughs> whoa jesus
1: <laughs> well, yeah, this thing is, is had, he, had he said eight weeks out that he was doing the show you because of where he was at his career, you would be like, oh, okay, like you yeah. wouldn't have thought, oh, there's a, there's a top fiver for sure, you know what I mean? So yeah, so that was that was definitely cool to see. Um, and then obviously, um, jumping up from from classic to two twelve and, and winning the first, uh, your first uh, two twelve show is pretty sick as well. Yeah, that was George, right? Yeah, George. Yep. And actually, I think he would have fared well in the open had he been able to just walk and do that as well. He yeah. is. He's got so much round hanging muscle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the crazy back. Like the really oh, crazy it's back. Back it's silly, but I mean his physique in general like when you look at it it's like 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 Chris said like you look at him if you told me he's how much does that guy weigh and you don't tell me that they're 212s no one is guessing below 230 240. No. You know what I mean? Just just no. muscle for days. Plus I mean I you know, I'm that guy, but he's also just an awesome guy. Like, you can't find anybody that's going to have anything negative to say. So, seeing, seeing somebody like that win never, never hurts my feelings.
0: What was your take on how, oh, yeah. What, so, what was your take on how Patrick Tour sort of tried to take blame for Ian's second? Uh, you know, I mean,
1: it is what it is. Like, I mean, I appreciate that to a point. Um, because with coaches doing that, but I guess because I know Ian, I know it's not necessary. Like he doesn't care. You know what right. I mean? I- Ian did not get the result that he wanted to get out of his physique and how it happened didn't matter. Just like when he put his one post up after the show, the first thing he did was credit and thank Patrick for his yeah. work. You I know think,
0: I, mean? I think it just showed that, you know, Patrick is obviously, I mean, I haven't met Patrick, but. Um, he seems like a real gentleman. He seems like, you know, the type of guy that would, you know, fall on a grenade for the people around him, sort of like, and I think that was his gentlemanly sort of like, Hey, this happened on my watch. Um, I take blame, which I understand, but I don't think it's true. Like it's Mm -hmm. not actually his fault. Ian said he was stressed the fuck out. He had tons of pressure and being on both sides, obviously we know as bodybuilders and coaches that it's. It's it's not that simple. And, no, uh, that's the
1: thing is, it's you, you don't know. know these things, and I think, and I do think, and tell me your opinion on this. But so every year, you get you get the new guru, that's not new, but he's the right. new guy that everyone's going to. He's been doing a great job and, for fifteen years or yeah, twenty years or And whatever. right now, Patrick has got that magnifying glass, and I think that Ian not being dead nuts perfect, he just felt like he needed to do something. Which I which I do understand because at the same token, when you know when he's doing what he should do, he's he's running with the fact that people know who he is now. And I guess like you said, I mean he's been doing this for decades. He knows what he's doing. But when you get that moment to be in the limelight, hit it. Let people see Ian. He wants you to let people see, you know uh, Hollingshead, James, and and those guys. But when it doesn't go perfectly as planned. I definitely respect the fact that he decided to th- throw himself on, on the sword, like you said, but wasn't necessary. And those of us in the know, like you said, we understand that yeah. shit just happens. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, the body doesn't always do what it's supposed to do. Um, and frankly, like, Hunter looked amazing. He wasn't
0: perfect either. No, no. I. That's, yeah, and it's funny, too, because – i don't even want to say that because i don't want people to think oh look how critical overly critical they're being it's just like it's just that we've seen so many shows and stuff like the pictures of hunter in the gym a few days out i thought he was grainier mm-hmm. and, What's and, thing a little you, crisper you
1: factor those things in and then you know one thing that i saw uh chris cormier put up some pictures um or video and, and basically it was it was I know Chris, so I'm not going to pull any punches. Like, the 90s guys are always jabbing on the new guys as far as this was bodybuilding. And like the six guys were all awesome. But one thing I will argue to the death, what they used to be concerned more with what the bodybuilders looked like. The backdrops were black. They weren't white. You right. didn't have fucking all these posters behind. Because I'm sorry, but ask any photographer. You put a tanned guy in front of a black sheet and then put a guy right next to him looks identical in front of a white sheet guess who looks better yep it's a fact lighting was better the concern back in the day was how do we make the bodybuilders look as good as possible well the industry has changed and i'm not faulting tim gardner or anybody else but like now it's how do we get sponsor dollars like when i see a white backdrop at a bodybuilding show i fucking i'm just like god damn it you guys are all from bodybuilding you know better So, so I got a little,
0: (laughs) I got a little story I'll tell you. So in Alberta, there is a venue called the wind spear Mm -hmm. and there's lots of shows there. I competed there a few times and it's a beautiful venue, but it has a maple floor. And I always thought that it was terrible. The worst lighting you could imagine right? because the light hits the maple floor and then it bounces up underneath all the bodybuilders and it fills everyone's cuts. Yep, And the judges are sitting right in front of the stage. So they're close enough that they're just comparing and everyone's at least under the equal bad lighting. Right. So they're comparing all the bodybuilders really up close under equally bad lighting. Everyone's under yep. terrible lighting with maple floor and it's just fucking horrible. And I remember thinking that that was a huge problem. And I remember at the annual meeting one year, I said, I'm like, it's an amazing venue, but we need to get a fucking black floor down. Yep. Yep. Like we need to lay something down to prevent light from bouncing back up. And I remember running into and like I'm I I can't even remember who it was, but it was just running into so much like, oh you really think we have to do that? That's like really necessary. I mean what's wrong with the floor? Like I remember a lot of people just did not get it. Like they they thought I was being like over you know overly picky or whatever, like oh just you know whatever. It's a beautiful venue. Look how good, you know. Yeah, and, beautiful floor. <laughs> and then finally they they did, and they got this massive dark gray carpet that mm-hmm. they like covered the floor with. And what a fucking huge difference it made. Like yep. everyone looked better. I'm not sure if they still use it because it's been like so many years, things may have changed. But I remember when they used that, everyone looked better. Like the quads yeah, I mean, were just... sharper, just huge, huge difference.
1: Yeah, that's why if you look, you look at the Arnold Classic in these shows, what is prejudging? Black floor,
0: black drop. Nothing. Black fucking floor. I hate yeah. maple floors at bodybuilding shows. They're yeah. the fucking worst.
1: I've, I've done a show before where they put red carpet down. I'm like, what do you think that's going to do to tan physiques and lighting? Like, it, And again, like you said, yes, it's equal. But for example, a few years ago uh, at the USA's that I competed at in 2013 – the, the backdrop was black. The banners that were hanging down were white. So you would actually possibly be in
0: front of a white part or in front of a black part. Yep. It's or not half level. and half. Now it's not level anymore.
3: Like or, or down the middle of yeah. your
0: body. And then the leg that's in front of the black banner looks more cut than the leg that's in front of the mm-hmm. white banner. Now you look weird. Yeah, I mean it's funny because
1: uh, I didn't really catch it at that point in my career until I saw the picture. And I was like, God, I, I swear I looked better than that. And then Chris goes, look at your individual routine. So I slid over. And of course, I'm dead nut center in front of black. Yeah. And it was night and day. So the reason I went on that long tirade is that's the other factor for these shows is they might have been just as hard. You know, I've done that before uh, with like Junior Nationals. They put extra lights down low that blast on the stage. So I've posted before my picture backstage that one of my most popular pictures and on stage and pointed out to people that these are three minutes apart. Yeah, I didn't lose conditioning. I, you know yeah. what I mean? It's di- yeah. it's different light. So you know, not to say that everyone was dead nuts on, but I will say that that is a difference that people don't understand. Is lighting's not the most important thing anymore? Why do you think everybody used to love to do the Iron Man? Yeah, because the light. You knew if you did the Iron Man. You were going to look awesome. And you were in shape. It was going to show
0: <laughs> or 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 like the Dutch Grand Prix or yep. the British Grand Prix. Yep. Like and I know what another thing, too, is sometimes the best lighting is in this the shitty smaller venues because. The like the places where they have plays, the theaters, mm-hmm. theaters are black. Everything's black. Yep. And theaters are usually a little smaller. But if you go to like the reason that you see the maple floor, that's usually at, at places like where they do like symphonies and orchestras and stuff like that. Like the bigger mm-hmm. sort of style, you know, you'll see a lot of that. Um, and I just sometimes the smaller venues are, are better.
3: Yeah, I think when the you Iron think Man about... was just in
0: a little, it was just in a small theater, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then eventually it went on to the,
1: went into the expo pretty much, but they still, Michael Nouveau, which is a well-known photographer, his job was the lighting. Yeah. Make it look perfect. And I think, you know, and again, I'm a businessman. I understand. Like, you got to make money. But I wish they would find a different way to do it because everyone seems to think that the that the conditioning and stuff has dropped so much. And I'm telling you, I, I was around for both. It hasn't. Dudes are hard as fuck. And like I said, I, I did say that Hunter was not perfect. I was pointing that out just because shit happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? He still, I mean, I literally, I was in the gym. And for those who know, like, I don't mind glancing at my phone. I was in the gym, I pulled it up, I saw two shots of Ian and Hunter. And I said, Oh, Hunter's winning. And that was it. Like, it, it wasn't a question to me. It wasn't close. Um, but it wasn't dead nuts on either. And it, literally, I said, because I've said this before, I think Hunter's going to win an Olympia. When he puts it 100% together, even with the exact muscle he has now, I think it's going to be like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. I mean, he's already nuts. So.
0: so what's the most important lesson you can take out of this?
1: Make as much money as possible and run the show. Don't be the bodybuilder.
0: Oh, wait. No, 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 no. No, no. That's not your question. <laughs> it's a really big benefit if your dad was top two at the Olympia. <laughs> yeah. Genetics yeah. <laughs> matter.
1: Pick the right parents. <laughs> I've, always, I, I've put that in a post before. Somebody said, like, what's the most yeah. important uh, factor in bodybuilding? I always say Thanks, pick the Lee. right parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. The 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 And his mother. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I laugh because it's like, let's be honest. Hunter will, I know I'm going to take flack for this, but Hunter will be a better bodybuilder than Lee if he stays healthy. Because he's got a lot of the good strengths, but he's got more height than more
0: size. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's yeah, both. He's, he's a, a modern hybrid. era. He's yeah. a modern era. Well, just imagine how Labrata would have looked if he would have been like two thirty. Yeah, give him, give him three inches of height and, and some more size. Like, or so, or no, just give him a modern stack.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, suddenly, suddenly, uh, you know, you're, you're, he's not getting seconds.
0: Possibly, you know what I mean? Well, just think, just think of what Labrata achieved. I mean, do you think Labrata ever used growth hormone? Oh fuck no. Probably not. No I doubt. No. We, you ever took more than three hundred milligrams a Deca? God, that's the, that's the funniest
1: part, man. Is is I just got a I just got a, a DM from a guy. Totally cool, but he was just asking, like, "Hey, I'm I'm trying literally. I want to put on your kind of size. I don't care about bodybuilding." And then this, the the stack came through, and I was like, "Well, cut all that in half." Yeah, crazy. like I mean, when when you know what I'm saying. And then you like you said, you go back and look at these guys. It's, well, here here's,
0: here's here's the <laughs> sentence. Here's the sentence that he that he gave you. I want to have your size, but I don't care about bodybuilding. In order to be as big as you, you have to care about bodybuilding. You have to live and breathe and eat and sleep and shit and fuck bodybuilding for like 20 years. (laughs) Exactly. And some people think that you can, well, I don't want to compete and I don't really care about the bodybuilding side, but I really like, I really want to have arms like that. Yeah. It's like, dude, to have arms like mine, you have to like give up birthday parties. And you have to like <laughs> not go anywhere most of the time. And you like, it's, they just don't get it. Yeah, no. And, and obviously I, think, I didn't mean arms like mine. I was you know, <laughs> not actually arms like mine. You know, we was, were, we were making
1: both of ourselves someone else when we were in yeah, so conversation. I was speaking in a
0: different, different. Uh, do I connect. sound
1: like Hunter? Cause I'm trying to look like him.
0: Yeah. you know, so Just a, this, like that sort of thing. Like, Oh, I want to have your size, but like, you know, I don't really want to like do this or do that. I'm like, well, that's not how it works.
1: Yeah, I, I, w- I wish it was that easy. I'd probably try, try your route as well.
0: <laughs> so what's, uh, I, I got to tell you, I got to bring up a movie. Oh, boy. So last night, Emily and I were going to have a movie night. And uh, we're flipping channels, or, or flipping Netflix. And I go, fuck it, we couldn't find anything new. You know when you go on the merry-go-round of the new stuff and you just can't pick? Yeah. And then happens. you feel like you almost wasted half an hour? So fucking True Romance came up. Oh fuck. And I just go, I look at her, I go, have you even seen True Romance? And she's like, No. And I'm like, play. <laughs> Done. Watch, watch <laughs> No more discussion. <laughs> watch True Romance last night. What a great movie. I gotta recommend it. If you haven't seen it in what, ten, fifteen, twenty I was years. Say,
1: long enough that I know I've seen it and 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 uh or short enough I know I've seen it long enough that I couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs>
0: That's a fucking thing. I forgot that. Like, okay, you got you got Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Samuel L. Jackson, Brad Pitt, Val Kilmer, Gary (laughs) Oldman—all before they were who they are now. (laughs) Then you got um, Tom Sizemore, and who else? The fuck? It's endless. The cast is. Oh, and and what's the guy that was Tony Soprano? When you're when you're watching uh, when you're watching the show and someone walked out, did you go, "Oh fuck, I forgot"? Every single actor. Who's Who's Tony Soprano? Who's the I, actor?
1: I can't think of his name, but I you know I know who Tony Soprano is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's that's like a that was a really big role for him before The Sopranos cast him. Right. So like, it's the craziest cast, and uh, it, it was awesome. So if you haven't seen True Romance, it's like such a classic. I think it's '93 that movie came out. What did but, Emily think? Oh, she fucking loved it. She's like, that's the best movie we've watched in weeks. And we've been watching all new movies.
1: <laughs> but that's the problem. Like, when's that's the last the time you, like, truthfully, like, and not to say there's not good movies. I'm not that guy. But, like, I say that even with comedies and stuff. I'm like, okay, when, since Wedding Crashers, what movie, like, comedy just knocked you on your ass? You know what I mean? Or, or yeah. and there's all these kind of movies where you name them back in the day and you're like, dude, that was
0: 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, we were joking about how funny something about Mary was. Oh, God. I knew, and I was in high school when that came out. Was that 2004? What the fuck was that?
1: I, I mean, maybe I guess it was that late. I, I think it might have been before no, that. No, maybe you were. Maybe you were. Yeah, I think it was before that even. James Gandolfini. There you go. That a boy. I knew it was
0: coming, Dusty. Someone I knew- was going to
1: judge you for not knowing something basic. Cause like, yeah. You, you, I was going to bring up orcas soon just to get you back out of that mess. Tremendous. <laughs> Tremendous.
0: <laughs> okay thanks any uh any anything you want to leave the people with
1: no other than uh thanks for rocking with us for fifty episodes and uh i'm Fox. hoping uh i'm 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 hoping to have something special for the one year as well
0: I already well told you about. so well that's amazing so I'm wondering if it's because you know our one year will be episode fifty two right yeah but we did miss one or two weeks didn't we no because we didn't count so no we missed
1: one week that i was out but we didn't call it a new episode we just dropped one so we're so 51 will be a year for us actually right but 52 will be a year's worth of episodes we've only missed one okay okay fucking dusty we won't get too technical
0: (laughs) we'll celebrate the parties we decide are parties how's that exactly
1: they're just words they don't own us they're just words (laughs) (laughs) all right boss
0: thanks everybody remember our mutant codes you go on iammutant.com we've got dusty 20 big ron 20 save yourself some money and uh yeah we appreciate everything like share subscribe comment 50 episodes still going strong thanks to chris bumstead classic olympia champion for being on the show um he was an awesome guest we're trying to get him to move out here and uh, train at west coast full-time so i
1: like this plan. till next we'll time
0: s- yeah till next time remember everybody it's just bodybuilding